Okay, so I want to say aloha from the Big Island. This is Anna Jones, and uh, welcome everybody. Uh, this is um, a teleconference that is uh, a new series that um, I'm beginning to offer. Uh, however, I've done these teleconferences um, before, back in 2012 with my husband, Philip. There will be some repeats from 2012 uh, that we'll be doing. However, it's a new series in the fact that we're updating it all and we're um, beginning to add in new things, and of course, there's going to be some totally new uh, conferences in this series. Uh, for those of you who did listen to the 2012 series, this is going to be totally new for 2014. And um, the series of teleconferences uh, are all on the subject of what today's subject is, actually, the subject of um, pilgrimage and uh, seeking transformation through connection with uh, sacred time and sacred place. Uh, and there's all kinds of wonderful different subjects. I'll announce more of what those subjects are uh, at the end of the call. The call is um, designed into two parts, and it's being moderated by myself, and I'm Reverend Anna Jones. Most of the people who signed up for this call are uh, familiar with me to some extent, either through my website or through my Facebook pages um, or through uh, work that I've done through, with private clients, etc. Um, and uh, the, the, the thing that I'm going to be doing today is called the role of pilgrimage in our modern day lives. And I'm happy to be able to um, do this uh, series with my husband, Philip Jones, uh, who is a licensed professional counselor and uh, spiritual counselor as well as hospice chaplain. Um, and we're both going to be, uh, throughout the, the course of the series, talking about uh, different subjects that are all on the theme of things that are connected to our Mystical France retreats uh, that we're leading in September and October of this year. So the two parts of this particular teleconference and the way that the series is designed is that every teleconference will have two parts. Uh, the first part is the teaching, which is stuff that pertains to everybody, and really we try to make it designed so that um, it's of interest to anybody who is listening to this, and there's no obligation whatsoever to um, any of the retreats. And uh, it's also a way for people to even be able to kind of participate in the retreats, even though they might they may not be able to go. And then part two, part one is the teachings. Part two is um, what I call a pre-retreat travelogue. Um, and I know when people say the word travelogue, they usually are referring to an, an after-the-travel-happens the type of report, um, but this is like a pre-travelogue. It is before the travel happens, kind of reporting on uh, what the retreats are, what we're going to be doing, um, just kind of giving more information about them, and it's going to progress. Uh, just like the subject of the teachings in each one of the series is not going to be the same, uh, the, the, the subject matter that we're going to be covering about about the retreats will also um, progress. And so there'll be some things that we'll kind of mention every time, like we'll mention the dates and we'll mention the website and things like that every time. But there's actually going to be um, new stuff that we're going to be talking about each time because there's so much richness that have been woven into and designed into um, this series of uh, retreats that we have coming up in September and October of 2014. So I'm going to be talking about those in depth um, in the part two. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with part Part one, then. Um, I've been leading uh, as an interfaith minister. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a, a holistic healer and also um, a clairvoyant medium. And um, as a spiritual teacher, I've been leading retreats since the 
early 1990s. I began leading spiritual gatherings, uh, ceremonies, things like that in the late 80s. And then um, through the work that I was doing with leading those spiritual gatherings um, and some of the connections that I was making with sacred sites in the early 90s, I began getting the calling to start organizing and leading retreats. And as I started leading retreats, I began to see the um, amazing transformational power of them and how they were transforming me and they were transforming uh, each and every person that would come on those retreats in some way, some more than others, um, some more externally, uh, some more internally, uh, some in subtle ways, some in obvious ways, but uh, there was always some kind of uh, transformation that I was seeing in myself and in others. Um, And I wanted to, in those early 1990s years, I wanted to take that and to develop that further. Um, And I was running a a holistic center in Columbus, Ohio at the time called Higher Ground. And um, then I wanted to start doing more interface travel, meaning like sacred uh, retreats to sacred sites around the world and retreats to sacred sites uh, associated with different spiritual traditions because I am an interfaith minister. Um, And uh, I also wanted to start having more interfaith programs in my center and that's how I met my husband, Philip Jones, um, is uh, through a mutual friend of ours who introduced us back in 1995 and um, said, well, if you want to start doing more work with Interfaith, this is the person that I want to introduce you to. Uh, and Philip and I uh, have an amazing story to tell. We're going to have to tell it again some other time in some other, some other uh, teleconference somewhere along the line, the amazing story of how we met. But since we've met, uh, we really have uh, felt called to do uh, teaching together and uh, traveling together and um, designing uh, retreats and pilgrimages together. Uh, so we've designed and led several already. Um, Philip and I have uh, led at least, I don't know, I, I was trying to count the other day, three um, to Hawaii uh, that we did back in 2000, 2001, 2002 uh, that, are, that were real pilgrimages. We called them uh, Hawaiian so we uh, really uh, got informed about um, kind of putting our pilgrimage program together at that point in time. And then we've just been kind of evolving it ever since, the pilgrimage that we, we uh, organized and um, facilitated in uh, Machu Picchu in 2006. Several other um, uh, Fly with the Angels, Swim with the Dolphins uh, pilgrimages here in Hawaii. And then, of course, the um, pilgrimage that we led in 2012 um, to Mystical France. Uh, of which I'll, I'll share um, some more about at the end of what we did and then what we did and what we will be doing. Um, so that's kind of our pilgrimage background, and, and we really feel like we've really got to understand pilgrimage because we've dived in deeply to it, uh, and we see it as such an important role uh, in, our, in our lives and in our spiritual growth and in our spiritual path, um, and that we, we, we make sure that we try to encourage other people to to keep it alive as a spiritual practice, as a spiritual art that it is, and to understand that it really truly does have, pilgrimage does have an important role to play in our modern day lives. And that's often forgotten um, because 
so much of the, and it's not that pilgrimages aren't happening in our modern day lives, they are, um, um, but they're, they're often more times the secular ones, uh, and I think that's an important thing to point out, is um, pilgrimage is universal. Uh, I was reading a book last night called The Archetype of Pilgrimage, uh, in which um, the authors, uh, Gene and Wallace Clift, they were talking about Carl Jung and how he understood uh, pilgrimage to be archetypal and that archetype meant something universal um, and the universal aspect of pilgrimage I, I believe that anything that's archetypal is um, like imprinted uh, upon the very like essence of who we are um, it's kind of deep in the nature of um, the, the essence of who we are woven into the, the fabric of our being and woven into the fabric thus of our of our cultures um, so if something is archetypal, we cannot not do it at some point in time. It's just whether or not we're doing it with consciousness, whether we're doing it unconsciously or consciously, whether we're doing it in any type of sacred way or secular way. And um, I'm not saying that pilgrimage that's secular is in any way, shape, or form negative. I'm not being negative in any way towards that. I'm just saying there's so much more than that. Um, a lot of the uh, secular pilgrimages that are out there, and people don't even realize that it even is a pilgrimage you know they just feel a calling to something uh, so when you feel called there's this archetypal inner uh, calling to pilgrimage right that, that this calling that calls us forth and you feel called to go to something whether you feel called to go to something sacred or something secular um, and go to wherever you feel called is what I always tell all of my, um, my, my my clients and people who take my classes listen to those inner callings and especially if you feel like it's coming from deep inner knowing, deep intuition, that type of calling. Um, and yet listen for calling that may be calling you to seek in a sacred way as well. Because while secular pilgrimages are also archetypal and, and call to us from within, there may be something that we're called to go to that isn't necessarily spiritual or religious or, or sacred in nature, um, at least outwardly obvious anyway. Let's say that. I'd say a lot of times those secular pilgrimages may even be spiritual for us to some degree, and we don't even know it's not obvious to us that there's some sacred component to it. Um, but then there's the obvious ones, the obvious sacred uh, spiritual pilgrimages, and the role that those have to play in our modern-day lives is actually crucial and important. And there's a couple of quotes that I want to start with, and then I'm going to bring Philip in to start talking about the, the questions that I posed for the conference today. Um, but this quote is from um, Reverend Lauren Artress, and um, she's one of my favorite authors. Uh, usually uh, her books on the labyrinth are the ones that I love the most. Um, and it's, uh, the quote is this, We need to take stock of ourselves. We need to be shaken out of our complacency and begin to use the short time we have here creatively so that we don't look back at our lives with regret. We need to change our seeking into discovery, our drifting into pilgrimage. So that's the quote from Reverend Lauren Archis that I wanted to share as far as trying to get us uh, an idea of the role of, of pilgrimage in our modern-day lives, to change our seeking into discovery, our drifting into pilgrimage. Because pilgrimage becomes then something that helps us to 
um, actually find what it is that we're looking for. Uh, it's, it's, it's possible that a lot of us are seeking, and I know we are, and, we're, and, and, and we can feel lost sometimes in that seeking. Um, and we need to kind of take stock of ourselves, um, change the situation, look at things through new eyes, be able to... Um, you know, kind of change even our environment, come into contact with something um, maybe greater than ourselves or different from the situation that we've been looking within, even to find some of those answers that we need to, that we're seeking for. And then she also says to take stock of ourselves, to be shaken out of our complacency. Sometimes I do a lot of um, one-on-one private sessions with people, and um, in those spiritual counseling sessions and, and, and intuitive readings that I do, uh, a lot of times people are asking questions about direction. Am I on the right path? Um, you know, I'm feeling stuck. How do I get out of feeling stuck? Those types of questions are very commonly asked, and um, you know, or, or just they, they feel like they're asking the questions over and over and over, and they're not really getting the answer. Um, that those all those things. Things can also be indication of some kind of pilgrimage being needed and necessary. Um, pilgrimage is an old word that um, tends to get oftentimes, I think, categorized as being kind of an old-timey religious type of thing, uh, maybe even especially amongst young people today, and it's not. Um, it, it's, 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 it's an all-time. It's, it's something that is timeless, actually, uh, and this is something that I've come to realize because of its archetypal nature and because of the archetype of pilgrimage. Um, it makes pilgrimage uh, and quests and questing, um, it makes it uh, a timeless thing that's important for moving us out of the complacency, um, stirring our creativity, all kinds of things that we're going to share with you today as we dive deeply into the questions that we've asked and that we will cover and explain to you, um, especially when we get more into what are the benefits associated with pilgrimage. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I would like to say about the role of pilgrimage in our modern day lives is not only is it um, not just an old time word but a, a timeless uh, practice that needs to be a part of our lives um, it's something that can be done uh, and, and needs to be done by all of us at some point in our lives in a conscious way in a sacred way this is my personal belief um, it, because we're, we are all questing spirits here having a human pilgrimage this is my quote this is something that, that I've taken that, that uh, old famous quote that um, that we're all human beings, uh, we're all spiritual beings here having human experience, and I've tailored it uh, to, to this teaching that I give um, and uh, changed it to, you know, we are all questing spirits here on a human pilgrimage. That's another way of being able to get a little bit even more depth out of it, because we're not just spirit souls here having just any old human experience, okay? It's not just any old human experience that we've come here for. Um, and this is the, the, the reason for modern-day pilgrimage as well. Um, it's, we, it, we've come here for, as questing spirits, we're actually questing. We're actually questing while we're here. We're questing. We're seeking. You know, we're seeking to unfold. We're seeking to discover. We're seeking to renew, rebirth. There could be several things that we're seeking to um, on a human pilgrimage. And that changes it, right? It takes it up a whole other level from the human experience, which could include anything and everything, to a human pilgrimage, that we're here on a human pilgrimage. And that means that we're having this human body, we're in this human life, and we're having all these human experiences, 
but it's a sacred journey. You know, ultimately, the, the ultimate in pilgrimage is not a secular journey. The ultimate in true pilgrimage is a spiritual, sacred journey um, that, that reveals, right? That reveals, that changes, that transforms, that transmutes, that heals, and that reveals. Um, and so that's another reason why pilgrimage is an important uh, and has an important role to play in our modern-day lives because it helps us to reveal. But we're also going to talk today about how, um, since everybody I, I, I personally believe at some point in their lives needs to do some kind of conscious sacred pilgrimage somewhere, somehow, uh, about how that may be possible. You know, if you can't journey to some far-off foreign land or journey with us to France like we're going to be talking about at the end of this today, um, how you may be being called uh, elsewhere and you may be called to maybe an inner journey uh, perhaps that um, could then maybe perhaps facilitate an outer journey of some kind. And you may be called to someplace sacred on the earth that's like maybe even relatively new, and, uh, not new, but relatively close by to where you are. Um, so there's all kinds of different possibilities for the call of pilgrimage and for questing spirits like we all are. The reason why I named our company um, Questing Spirit, uh, that's our pilgrimage company, and it's also the company that I do all of my work through, um, is because it, it identifies um, the nature of our soul. It is, it is who we are. We are questing spirits here having, having a human pilgrimage. Okay, with all that said, um, I want to introduce you all now to my wonderful husband, Philip Jones, who's going to start diving into the questions that um, I had written on the email for today uh, and that we wanted to get into for talking about with today's teleconference. And I'm going to take some tea because my, ho- my voice is sounding very hoarse today due to a cold that I've had all week long. Okay, th- take, it, take it over, Philip. Thank you, Anna. Aloha. Uh, this is Philip. I wanted to start with a very, very short uh, introduction. I um, probably was on one of the longest pilgrimages in history for about six years back in the late 80s and early 90s. I traveled all over um, the United States to sacred sites, sacred religious sites, Native American reservations, uh, monasteries of Hindu, Buddhist, and Christians, mosques, synagogues, uh, every place that I could go. And really, I wasn't going specifically to places. I was going to meet people. I was going to seek out teachers who understood and were living those particular paths. And I organized conferences, interfaith conferences, for six years, bringing together those people. So that was kind of my introduction to pilgrimage. Um, As Anna said, I also went to India and Europe prior to meeting Anna. And when we met, we were together for pretty short time and then we began we were in Washington DC area we were leading workshops and seminars that were a day or two or a few days and we realized that people would you know get some benefit and then they're back on the freeway back on the beltway back in the quote real world and uh, very difficult to maintain that so that's when we started to really seriously consider doing pilgrimages to give people a chance to get away from the regular ordinary day-to-day life uh, for a significant period of time, at least a week, 10 days or so, and also to go to a place where they could really uh, renew and have a transformation. And we began our retreats to Hawaii at that time. Pilgrimage, um, as Anna said, is a universal journey. It's a journey to a sacred place where we touch something 
sacred in the world and within ourselves. So when we say sacred place, it doesn't just mean a destination. It means a sacred place within ourselves. And that's really, in one sense, what we're going for. We may be going to honor a certain place, to see something beautiful and sacred, but we're also seeking to go into a sacred place within ourselves, which is often uh, accentuated by that sacred place. Anna and I came up with a little definition a couple of years ago, a journey to the self, to the sacred, to the soul, to the center, to spirit, to God, to goddess. There's a nice quote that we like to use uh, in relation to pilgrimage from Macrina Wiedercare in the book Behold Your Life. A pilgrimage is a ritual journey with a sacred purpose. Every step along the way has meaning. The pilgrim knows that life-giving challenges will emerge. A pilgrimage is not a vacation. It's a transformational journey during which significant change takes place. New insights are given. Deeper understanding is attained. New and old places in the heart are visited. Blessings are received. Healings take place. On return from the pilgrimage, life is seen with different eyes. Nothing will ever be quite the same. And I know for both of us, we can definitely confirm that all of those things and more um, are a part of pilgrimages that we've experienced. So, uh, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, sorry. I didn't realize I had the mute button pushed for myself. I said most definitely everything that every pilgrimage that we've ever done um, has brought us so much growth in our in our lives, and that's just through even just the ones we've led, uh, as well as the ones that we've personally gone on. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think about catalyst for growth, when we think about pilgrimage, we think about pilgrim because that's really the essence of what a pilgrimage is. It's a person in a certain state of mind or consciousness or with a certain intention that's going on a journey. So is it a route, a destination, or a state of mind? It's all of those. The origins of the word pilgrim generally agreed to mean traveler, from the Latin peregr, meaning through the fields, or the French word pelegrin, meaning foreign. And, of course, uh, there's that famous book, Stranger in a Strange Land, and we know we're all in that category because sometimes we look up at the sky at night and go, who are we and what are we doing here? Where are we from and where are we going? So pilgrimage is like that. It's, it's like when we look up, ask those questions, and then we think, how can I begin to get some of these answers for myself? The beauty of pilgrimage, too, is you, you may be with a group of five people, ten people, 15 people, 20 people in places you've never been before, and yet each one of us is on our own unique pilgrimage. We're getting our own answers through sharing, through the group, through the experience, but it's a very um, individual experience as well as a powerful group experience. And this one um, way we like to talk about and explain pilgrimage too, not only do do we see it as a catalyst for growth, but we also see it as a a way to bring more meaning into our lives too. It's it's really like a a, a search or quest for for deeper meaning and insight as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So another aspect of pilgrimage that uh, we like to, matter of fact, we organize all of our longer trips, all of our quests and pilgrimages into this three stages. And they are ancient stages. They've been around for thousands of years in different cultures. They're the three stages of the quests, 
the three stages of rites of passage, the three stages of pilgrimage. First stage is separation or purification. Second stage is initiation or transformation. And the third stage is reintegration. We've, we feel actually, I have to say, proud that we do this because if you think about it, one of the, of course, separation, the first stage, meaning leaving our ordinary surroundings, getting away from our work for a while, getting away from our everyday routines, really just leaving all that behind, that in itself sets such a powerful intention to the universe that we, we mean business. And so that whole process of purification, letting go, separating, and, you know, that, that's a, a difficult thing to do, to arrange schedules and so forth and so on. But that's the beginning, and even the first few days of all of our pilgrimages, we're still in that process of just kind of cleansing, letting go, purifying. The second stage is transformation, and that's when we usually go to some of the most powerful sacred places on our on our journey, and just by that time we've let go of, of the day-to-day life. A lot of times we're really minimizing our interaction with the outside world, and we're open up to have a powerful spiritual experience and then the last part which honestly most of us and even probably a lot of um, journeys kind of forget about is reintegration and it's really the most important part because when we come back into the same world we left we're going to come back with different eyes we're going to come back with a different perspective we're going to come back on some level a changed person so in the last stage of all of our pilgrimages for the last few days, we really focus on how each of us are going to reintegrate back into the place we left, see it with different eyes, and make the changes that we want to make. Well, and while you're describing that these are three stages that we use, the reason why you're even bringing them up is because of that question that we ask about the, the historical um, you know, connections to pilgrimage. Exactly. What are some of the historical, uh, you know, insight into pilgrimage? Because we discovered these three stages. We discovered them kind of intuitively, but then we also discovered them through a lot of the historical research that we've we've done about pilgrimage as well. That um, this is a well-known fact throughout history. That this is something that lots of authors that we've read about have 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 written about and talked about. That there are these three stages that are part of this universal archetype of pilgrimage, right? This archetypal pattern of pilgrimage. And I would say um, of anything, really. I mean, what, 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 when we work with these three stages, Philip and I have discovered that they, they can pretty much apply to just about any kind of uh, journey that we're undergoing, any type of thing happening, any kind of event happening. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end. You know, it's like they're kind of like these three archetypal um, patterns that are universal to whatever the journey is, right? Even if it's the journey is, you know, a very secular journey, even you know, it's still um, these these three stages. Um, and the three stages have been called historically different things by different authors and by different pilgrims um, and by different pilgrimage leaders. But what Philip was just describing is, are the, the terms that we use for those three stages. Um, but the first stage, if we could just kind of talk about them a little bit more, Philip, um, the, the first stage that we call uh, purification, uh, we also sometimes refer to as separation. Um, I'm not sure which word you used when you were talking about it last time. Um, but there are several other different terms that people use, and the, the archetypal 
pattern of that is basically that you're, you're separating from everything um, and that you're kind of stepping into the new, right? So you're stepping out of the old, um, even if it's just for a day, even if it's for a weekend, even for a week, however long it is, and into the new. And as a result of doing that, there's purification that is involved. In fact, what we tell people is that we believe that stage one of any pilgrimage begins the moment that you decide to do it, right? So even if it's a secular pilgrimage, but definitely if it's a sacred pilgrimage, right? So if it's a spiritual quest, a sacred pilgrimage of any kind, that stage one begins um, from what we've seen and experienced in our personal lives as well as with groups, um, it begins for people the moment that they choose to do it, not just when you arrive at where the place is. Um, now, it, it kicks into a whole other stage, and definitely you really begin to feel the effects of that stage one, and you're full-fledged into that stage one purification separation stage when you do arrive at wherever the location is or wherever it is the, the, the pilgrimage uh, site is that you're going to, um, and then it proceeds. And it could be different timing that's involved. Uh, sometimes it can proceed very quickly. In fact, when I do day retreats, the, those three stages can all start to, can all take place within the course of the day. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end. There's the, 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 the separation and the transformation. We call the second stage transformation, as Philip described, and the third stage re, reintegration that we described. Um, Philip, do you have any of the information there as to what the other names are that um, – um, other authors and pilgrimage leaders have uh, given for those three stages. No, that's that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, we, sometimes we, sometimes the second stage is called the liminal stage. The liminal stage, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, the liminal stage. So that, yeah, as Anna says, these are very ancient, going back in all the great traditions that are in Christianity, they're in Hinduism, Buddhism, and if you think about it, they're kind of they kind of make sense. It's something that any of us could intuit, but when you consciously apply it, as Anna said, even to, you know, if you're going through a midlife crisis, if you're retiring, if you're going into adulthood, all of these powerful times when we really are looking for a way to shift from one way of being to another, um, just being conscious of these stages is extremely helpful. Yes. In fact, um, like I said, every journey includes them, right? And whether it's the journey through the day or the journey through the year or the journey through our lives or, you know, there's three steps three stages, we say ultimately there's a fourth one, but there's definitely three or four stages of life, three, three to four primary stages of life. There's um, three to four, you know, primary stages of the day um, and our journey through that, you know. So um, there's the, it's just this universal um, pattern that we all experience and everybody puts this emphasis on the transformation stage, that liminal stage. Um, they put the, the emphasis on that and think it's you know only about that and that's the only like really important thing that they just got to get to and and have that and that that that's the really the journey itself and that's what the journey itself is for but we find is that pilgrimage and these three stages of pilgrimage teaches us that every stage is important and just like the it's getting there you know the, the, the what do they say that you know the, that it's, a, it's the destination and not the journey there's the famous quote um journey, not the destination I'm sorry, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, it's the journey, not the destination is the famous quote. So it's the getting there. So that whole stage one is really, really a, a, a whole experience 
in and of itself. The stage two, the transformation, is, is a whole experience in and of itself. And the stage three, like Philip was saying, is a whole experience in and of itself, and often one that in our modern-day lives we don't give ourselves mm-hmm. enough time and put enough importance to. We're going, going, going from one thing to the next, from one thing to the next, from one thing to the next. And we do have a lot of transformative things that happen to us, even throughout the course of our days. But, you know, we, we go, say, for example, if you ever go to workshops on spiritual subjects, if you, go, if you do spiritual meditations, if you, you know, do things like that, and then you don't allow for enough time of reintegration stage afterwards, are you getting the full effects of it um, is really what the third stage is all about. It's about not only going, having experience, gaining insight, coming into connection, coming into communion, gaining that insight or whatever that is, but then being able to utilize it, actually integrate it into the core of your being. So that third stage um, is really important. In fact, when I'm leading um, oftentimes I'll lead either all-day um, shamanic journeys or I'll lead like two-hour evening shamanic journeys. And a shamanic journey is an inner journey that someone can take, right? It's a, it's, it's a pilgrimage, so to speak, that we can make inwardly. Um, so it's, uh, it, it falls, I would say, under the broad category of meditation, even though journeying is its own type of work. It's not just meditation uh, uh, exclusively. Um, it includes meditation and then the journey journeying work is its own type of work. And so the shamanic journeying that I lead, which I also sometimes call soul journeying or soul journeys, um, then in those, the reintegration stage is really important there too because it's sometimes in that reintegration stage that you really get how much you really got out of the whole thing, right? You really start to understand um, how much you may have gotten out of the whole thing by continuing to work with it, um, work with whatever is received in the transformation stage all throughout the reintegration. So it's, it's pretty important, and we really like to follow up with people, um, help them get the most out of all three stages when we're working with people uh, in pilgrimage, and it's super important when it comes to understanding uh, pilgrimage historically. Okay, so from that point, we'll go into pilgrimage historically a little bit. Go ahead. Um, one of the things, just to wrap up what Anna said, what we like to do at the end of one of our pilgrimages is to consciously identify the next full moon cycle once we all get back home as a time where we kind of stay connected, stay in touch with each other, and and just help to reintegrate the wisdom and the insights and the experience that we had. Throughout history, there have been uh, places of pilgrimage and reasons that people have gone on pilgrimage in Christianity. One of the most famous places of pilgrimage is called... um, Santiago de Compostela, it's in Spain, it's a thousand mile, I think it's about a thousand mile journey, it's a very long, long uh, way of St. James or the El Camino route. When we were in uh, France this time, we went to a couple of very special places, one is uh, Saint-Chapelle in Paris, which was a place that became the second most uh, important Christian place of pilgrimage in the high Middle Ages in the 12th and 13th century. And uh, this is a place where uh, St. Louis, the king of France, who became a saint, the only one so far, and it was a reliquary or a place that held a crown of thorns, which he had gotten from Constantinople, a very, very special place. We also went to Mont Saint-Michel off the the, uh, coast of Normandy, which since the 7th century has been a, a very important place of pilgrimage. Uh, In Christianity, of course, the Holy Land, all the places where uh, Jesus 
uh, Haddish pastimes are there, and many, many people go there every year to experience uh, his presence, to experience his pastimes and things of that nature. Of course, in Islam, uh, the most famous special holy place is Mecca, and the Muslims comprise about one-fifth of the human race, and every one of them is encouraged, if they can, if they can possibly get it together in their lifetime to take at least one trip to Mecca, very, very special place. Um, in India, of course, in the Hindu faith, which is up to, I think, about a billion people now, there are many, many holy places that have been sacred, some of them for hundreds, some for thousands of years. In India, one of the reasons that people have gone uh, specifically to holy places several reasons. One is that it's considered to be a place where a person can unburden their karma. Of course, part of that is, again, the intention of going there and just letting go, dropping, separating from the old ways of life and the old patterns and going to a sacred river or going to a sacred mountain and with that purifying intention to drop and let go of the karma and the baggage and all of those things. Another really important reason in the Hindu tradition is that it's a place where many saintly persons have lived and been, and their presence is is experienced there. Uh, Also places where incarnations, uh, Krishna, Rama, different manifestations of God have had their pastimes just as the Christians go to the Holy Land for that purpose. Um, In the Himalayas, uh, which is one of the sacred places or areas that a lot of people go, there's one town as you're going up into that area called Hardwar or Haridwar and specifically that Hari and Dwar means the doorway to God. So for a lot of these great traditions that's really what people have been seeking to do to step across that liminal line from one world to the next into a sacred place for a transformation of their lives. When you notice that a lot of sacred places too are connected to, to mountains and are 2006 trip to Machu Picchu, we traveled through the Andes, which was an incredible experience. The Himalayas, of course, and um, many sacred places around the world. Down in southern France, where we were in 2012, there's also, what are the mountains down there, Anna? The Pyrenees. The Pyrenees, yeah. Very, very beautiful places. Um, another sacred pilgrimage uh, is called the Shikoku Pilgrimage. It's a route of 88 temples in Japan. They were visited by the Buddhist monk Kukai. That's from the 8th century. In Hawaii, of course, uh, many, many sacred places. Uh, the volcano sacred to the goddess Pele, Mauna Kea, and things of that nature. And So for us, for the last 14 years, we've taught on pilgrimage and uh, hope in our lifetime to get to many of these sacred places. And there's so many all over the world. So many sacred sites historically um, to, to the Native Americans all throughout the U- United States. There's so many sacred sites and places of pilgrimage to the, that are that are sacred earth sites uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Um, some amazing places in the in the uh, in the mountains and the oceans, um, things along that line. Uh, we're actually going to do a uh, teleconference later on in the series, uh, which we're going to be talking about the power places of the earth and the ley lines and the chakra points of the earth. So that'll be coming up in this series. Uh, will also be uh, posted to the website and it will be sent out to everybody if you registered for all of the teleconference calls. So I want to address a question too that's kind of on our 
list here, do I need to belong to a specific religion in order to go on pilgrimage? Before you do that, yeah. um, are we finished pretty much with talking yeah. about everything we wanted to say about historically um, insights and things that we wanted to share from historical? I think so. Okay. Yeah, so in answer to the question, do I have to belong to a particular religion, I think it's a pretty easy answer for most of us these days. To me, these sacred sites belong to everyone. Uh, it, to put them in a box and say that only if you're a Christian go here or a Hindu here or a Buddhist here, I think is in the world in which we live, it's it's kind of absurd. And I, I just, I'm happy that we live in a time and place where we can all uh, call these places our own and go there and Again, it's an individual journey, and whatever type of place, uh, whatever happened there, whatever uh, the religion that claims that place, we can experience something that's helpful in our life. There are a few that will, um, that whoever is basically managing and taking care of that sacred site, that they they want the followers of that faith only to be there. But that we have come across very few of those. You know, yeah. it's only very small in number. Um, mostly uh, people trying to share those sacred sites, and um, a lot of the sacred sites are just earth sites too they're not like necessarily um like for example here on the big island uh that philip was talking about a couple of sacred sites here in hawaii the volcano um being one of the sacred power vortexes on the planet uh, one of the root chakras of planet earth is uh, a national park which i think is just a wonderful uh thing because it allows access for anybody and everybody so that's how most of them tend to be is that most of them tend to uh have access and allow access and pilgrimages are for people of all faiths because again they're archetypal to us they're archetypal to us and our pilgrimages are all non-sectarian spiritual um, pilgrimages Um, they're not religious in nature as much as they are spiritual in nature even though we will be visiting places that are associated with specific religions and traditions um, we take a non-sectarian non-denominational interfaith approach to all of the spiritual work that we do with people and definitely to all of our pilgrimages thank you Um, well said one more question I want to touch on just briefly. Anna talked about it a little bit, but it is one of the questions we had mentioned. Why is pilgrimage needed in order to restore balance in our modern-day lives? Um, I believe, I guess I've believed this most of my adult life, but it's really come home to me very, very strongly in the last few years. Um, I think we're at a major crossroads in history right now in the 21st century, There have been, of course, many of those throughout history, but there are four that I've identified kind of looking into this. The uh, prehistoric indigenous times, classical times, which were the times of the Greeks and the Romans, and Christianity is kind of the latter part of that. The high Middle Ages, the medieval time, which uh, 11th, 12th, and 13th century Europe, which preceded the um, Enlightenment, and or the Renaissance, and then the 21st century. Each one of these periods of time, major transformational crossroads of history, have been time when there's really an opportunity like we have today. Somehow or other, in one way or another, different cultures, different religions, different groups of people were coming together, were meeting, were interacting, and, you know, two things can happen when that happens. Either they can be polarized, and feel like they have to fight each other, and and war increases, uh, disharmony increases, chaos increases, or 
there begins to be a, a harmony, a synchronicity, a coming together. And I think we're definitely at one of those crossroads. Another reason that we need pilgrimage in our modern lives is that we need to know the lessons of history and the wisdom of history for earlier times. And I'm going to touch on this extremely briefly in a minute or less. For example, in the high Middle Ages, in the 12th century, there were several Renaissance spiritual movements which attempted to break out of the organized religion of the time, which is very corrupt. And um, they are considered to be the prototypes and the catalyst for what became the Renaissance, uh, but they were crushed. And therefore, the Renaissance and all related to it was delayed by at least two or 300 years. So it's not just an abstract thing, and I'm not trying to make this heavy, but the point is we live in times where we're on this earth as Anna said, we have something to do while we're here. And I think we're in a wonderful time of opportunity. And it's a time when we can learn from history. We can learn from the wisdom of past ages. And we can honor what's happened in the past and apply it in our own lives. So let's talk about how we can um, benefit from doing um, pilgrimages. Okay. What, the, what some of the benefits are. Um, one, of course, is the, the, the thing we've already mentioned uh, several times already, growth. Um, if anytime we're seeking to grow, we know we need to grow. We need some kind of new stimulus in our lives uh, for growing if we feel like we're stagnating in any way, if we feel like we're at a transition or turning point in our lives uh, is another time that people um, need pilgrimage and why we need it. Um, we're in a major transformation as far as why we need it in, in a large scale. Um, we're in a time of major transformation in our world where we're kind of ending an old cycle and an old way of being that's been going on for a very long time and in the very early dawn hours of a new time, a new era, a new major cycle of our evolution. And so it's during those times of transition um, where we're, um, we're needing just a little bit of extra help. We're needing a little bit of extra insight, uh, intuition. We're needing to be aligned and in balance, you know, um, th- that we can really benefit from doing some type of sacred quest, sacred journey or pilgrimage. Uh, Know that when I'm using those words, quests, pilgrimages, journeys, they're all pretty much synonymous with each other. They're just kind of different ways of saying the same thing. They're different ways of saying the same thing. Um, Philip, do you have some of the other benefits that you wanted to mention to people? Yeah, I'll just kind of of go through these. We've kind of sought them out and seeking inspiration. Some people are looking for a new perspective or a change of uh, consciousness. Some are studying very spiritual paths. That's what I did for six years, and it was unbelievably amazing. Some people are looking to, as Anna was saying, kind of help the uh, the planet and, and the human race move forward, which is an um, archetype that some of us have. Some are deeply questioning their life purpose. In this case, it would be like a vision quest. Some are purifying their hearts. Some are seeking to... Uh, get beyond confusion. Some have gone through a, a loss, a big change in their life, loss of job, loss of a friend, loss of a loved one. Some are just listening to their heart. I mean, for a lot of us, it's just like we feel that draw, something inside at a deep level is is telling us to get on the road. Some are going to concentrate on a particular purpose or subject. Maybe a person wants to go to a certain part of the world and study the sacred sites there or visit a place as we did when we went to Machu Picchu in, in, uh, 
in Peru or uh, the Nazca lines in Peru, things like that that we've heard about and been inspired by. Some people are curious and wish to observe or wish to learn. I think the term a liberal education, as it was used in classical times, really would include things like pilgrimages. I mean, the, the difference in learning from a book and going in person and, and seeing these places like the Louvre or uh, Notre Dame is charts, just, just unbelievable. And the amazing. difference is huge, yeah. Some want to go just to get away from their routine for a while, spiritual adventurers to be on the road. Some are going to find peace of mind. Some are going as an inspiration for their project. Maybe they're, they're on a writing project or a music or art project. They're kind of stuck or, or bogged down, and they're going to, to get unstuck. So those are some of the ways. There are many more, but those are some ways. I'll add a few stuck. more. Okay. Yeah. Um, getting unblocked. I mentioned this a few times, you know, feeling like we're stuck, um, you know, feeling like we're being blocked or feeling like we're stuck. Uh, I can't tell you again how many times I work with people and they say, I feel like I'm being blocked. I feel like I'm being blocked. How do I unblock myself? Um, well, sometimes there's steps that we can take in our daily lives and sometimes it's not. Sometimes with the bigger blocks, we need to step out of our daily lives. We need to engage the sacred. We need to engage the sacred and step out of our daily lives, step out of the, the current patterns and places and things that we're doing and out of the comfort zones that we're in and into something new, embracing something new, embracing something exciting and embracing something sacred um, in order to unblock ourselves from deep old patterns and repattern the old beliefs, the old um, ideas, uh, the old feelings that um, have been creating some of those blockages in the first place. So that's actually really powerful benefit that people can experience uh, from going on pilgrimage and a really important reason I think in our modern day lives to um, either create one for ourselves or go on some that um, have been facilitated by other people. Um, and then also to receive um, blessings, you know, to be able to uh, kind of receive that that, that spiritual grace um, to receive the, the, the spiritual mercy that some of these uh, sacred sites just can bless us with. Uh, the, the, I feel like we've been blessed so much and just received so much grace and mercy from some of the sites that we visited throughout the course of like our the, marriage and, and also prior to um, even before we, re, we met each other. They have, the, they have presence. Presence, yes. So the sacred sites of the world that people go on to pilgrimage to, whether they're man-made or whether they're natural ones in, in nature, they all have presence. They all have presence. They all have energy. They all have their unique power, and they all radiate. Um, and they all radiate this energy. Some, depending upon what place it is and what the nature of that is, it, they radiate this energy, and they're all those energies that can be blessings that we can receive. And then also another major reason to go on a pilgrimage, which is a benefit of pilgrimage, is healing healing um, I personally have experienced this as well in fact this is another one of my personal um, reasons for wanting to do pilgrimage lead pilgrimage and experience uh, pilgrimage and quest and that is for healing and not just physical healing um, as I said earlier for helping us get unblocked there can be healing maybe that needs to happen healing of the emotions healing of the heart um, healing of you know again things in the mind that need to be healed like thought patterns limited ideas limited beliefs negative thoughts things in the mind that need to be healed um, and, or spiritual 
spiritual healing. Sometimes we need healing and we don't even know we need healing because the physical body's fine, um, it, but you know we're feeling again if there's a blockage somewhere or if there's some kind of like old pattern that's playing itself out over and over and over again. There may be spiritual healing that we actually need, and we're not able to kind of see that as easily as it is if our physical body needs healing, um, but our lives will be showing it to us. So healing, healing, healing is definitely a, a major reason that a lot of people go and benefit uh, from going physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually on the personal level. And then healing of the earth um, is another uh, modern-day focus for many uh, light workers and healers because it's interesting that a lot of healers and light workers feel called to uh, go on pilgrimages these days as well and a lot of them are being called to do that not just for their personal healing but to actually do healing right um, in fact uh, uh, a couple of friends that I have um, they they go on pilgrimages and every time they go on pilgrimages they know that they're going to receive something that's a benefit for themselves but they know they're going to give something too and I have experienced that um, myself as well that I'm going to receive but I'm also going to give um, and uh, there are you know power places where you can go and you can give your energy and give your prayers and leave offerings and, and what you have to give there is also of great great benefit and great reward for yourself for others and for the earth and then um, some of my my other personal favorites is to um, to not to, to get a new perspective, you know, to be able to see with new eyes, to develop our spirit, spiritual sight, to develop spiritual vision, to develop your spiritual hearing, and to try to do that by coming into contact and communion with the divine that is often palpably present at sacred sites. Um, the, 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 to look through the eyes of the prophets uh, is one way of being able to develop our spiritual sight. Well, when you're at a sacred place, it's much easier to do that. It's much easier to gaze upon uh, the, the, the sacred objects, the sacred um, energies, uh, the sacred nature, whatever it is that's at that sacred place. It's much easier to just gaze upon it and try to see through the eyes of the prophets the way that the prophets saw it. It's an interesting exercise to do, by the way, that I wanted to give to everybody. Um, if you go to a sacred site anytime, anywhere, any place in your life, um, don't just try to just take a picture and, and you go, oh, that's interesting, and then walk away. Um, actually try to gaze upon it and try to see it through the eyes of the prophets. Try to see it through the eyes of the mystics. You know, try to see it with different eyes so that you're trying to see it and look at it or feel it or, or, or listen, you know, if it's something there that can be heard through your spiritual sight, through your spiritual hearing, through your spiritual feeling, and not just through your physical senses. Um, and then others go for following in the footsteps of the ancients and following in the footsteps of their ancestors. In fact, many people make pilgrimages to either to places that they've had past lives at um, or that their ancestors have lived uh, lives at um, and for that very reason, to follow in those footsteps of these um, ancient uh, pe peoples uh, whose wisdom can help us very much uh, or, it, or through our ancestors in order to kind of reconnect to that wisdom. And the other thing that I will mention is remembering more about who we are 
and why we're here. And tapping into the beauty of nature, the beauty of a sacred place, or the beauty of a sacred object can really help us remember more about who we are, who we are, and why we are here. Um, pilgrimage uh, can benefit us greatly in opening our creativity. We mentioned inspiration. Philip mentioned inspiration. Um, it can help us to open up our creativity and use that creativity in being more of who we are and more of why we are here. He mentioned life purpose. Um, oftentimes, uh, being who we are and doing why why we've why we've come here and doing what we've come here to do, that is our life purpose. And um, pilgrimage can set us on that, even if we don't even know what it is. It can be a, a, a quest, so to speak, that can start us uh, moving in that direction, even if we don't even know quite yet what it is. But we can receive in, insight during pilgrimage about those things too. There's so many reasons, right, Philip? There's so many. So many reasons. Okay, so we get, did we get through all the questions yet? Um, I think probably going to have to do it briefly, but uh, you were going to talk about how you can do pilgrimage at home. and. Okay, and well, I've, yeah. I've mentioned it a few, a few times. Um, one way, uh, meditation is an inner journey in and of itself. And um, I, I feel that like meditation is an important tool to use in combination with outer pilgrimages, but it can be a tool for making inner pilgrimages, so to speak, um, using guided visualizations uh, in which you're going here, going there, um, visualizing yourself in a certain place. Uh, guided visualizations are a tool that you can use in order to do an inner quest or an inner pilgrimage, so to speak. Um, but then it's specific journeying, right, journeying, um, which is its own type of meditation style that I mentioned earlier. So I would encourage everybody who's unable to go on any outer pilgrimages right now, if you're interested in going on the inner ones, to look up shamanic journeying. I do have my Soul Journeys CD and MP3 that is available on my onajonesonline.com website. Um, that is the journeying CD that I offer, and it's uh, also for communication with um, spirit guides and spiritual guardians. Um, but then I also mentioned in the beginning of this call that you can go any place that's near you. You know, a, a sacred site could be something that is um, a Buddhist temple, a Hindu temple, uh, a, a cathedral, or a, a, a church that resonates with you. We've been in some small churches, right, Philip? I mean, we've been in some small temples and some small churches, and yes. sometimes those have been just as amazing to us Definitely. as some of the huge, grand, large ones have been, right? Mm -hmm. um, in fact, one of my favorite ones, uh, is on the island of Mount St. Michelle, but it's not in the Abbey. The Abbey is this enormous, powerful, beautiful, magnificent uh, sacred site on the island, but I feel like the real heart of what is there is in the St. Pierre Church, this little tiny little chapel mm -hmm. that is there. So, How about you, Philip? You got any suggestions to make for them while I um, take a sip of my tea? Um, no, I think, I think you hit on it. I mean, you know, you can... Even to give ourselves a day off, and of course sometimes, you know, if we're working, then we're doing the five-day thing or the four-day thing, and then we got the weekend, and a lot of times the weekend's catching up or going to do this or that, but to take just one whole day just for yourself and go and sit in a special place. You may sit there. One time I went, um, it was down in West Virginia, right across the line in Friendsville, Maryland from West Virginia, 
And I just went and set out in the middle of this little river, this little kind of a creek river, set out on a rock for hours, like maybe three or four hours. And it was unbelievable. It was so incredible and powerful because I just took the time to drop everything, let go of the world, no way to communicate or get communicated to, and sat there and just observed. I just took the time to look at nature, to look at the insects and the animals that came by and to receive, receive signs, um, to kind of uh, be in the flow of life and be in the flow of the sacred. So there's so many different ways we can do that, and I encourage myself and all of us um, that will hear this message and are hearing this message to take time to do those things. Perfect. In fact, we're both nature mystics, so we personally find that any place on, in nature can be a sacred um, a place, and any place in nature where you go in a, with a sacred intention, right? I find that intention is what's most important. Absolutely. What makes a... What makes a journey a sacred journey? What makes a quest a sacred quest? What makes a, uh, a trip a pilgrimage um, versus just a regular vacation um, or just you know, a regular tourism type of thing has to do with intention. Um, and I don't think maybe we emphasize that enough either, that, that, that there's an intentional aspect to it. You set an intention um, to make it a conscious experience. You set an intention to engage the sacred. And then you go, you know, and then you work with those intentions. You work with spiritual practices, um, spiritual tools, spiritual techniques, ritual, ceremony. So Les Phillips said, just go into nature, sit in nature, sit there and be and receive, do meditation, do prayer, maybe do a ceremony, maybe do a ritual of some kind. All those are tools of spirituality. They're spiritual practices. Uh, Pilgrimage is a spiritual practice, but it's a spiritual practice in which you get a lot more out of it if you utilize those other spiritual practices along with it. So um, anywhere in nature, really. Now, there are PowerPoints and there are vortexes. Um, there's no, of this, there is no doubt, and those places are unique and they stand out. Um, and you will experience, I feel, an amplification. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't have some profound experience anywhere in, uh, on this sacred earth because um, the sacred ground we walk upon with every step we take is kind of the, the mood of the pilgrimage, the mood of the pilgrim, the mood of the, um, the, the, the shaman, the mood of the yogis and the mystics uh, that have taught us so much about all of these things. Okay? That, does that sound like we made it through all of our questions? Did you have anything more yeah. that you wanted to share with that? Yeah, there's, there's a little quote, and I'll probably mess it up, but it's something like, <laughs> I think it's by Elizabeth uh, Barrett Browning, and it says, Every bush is aflame with the fire of God, but only those who take, their, take off their shoes can see it. Something like that. In other words, the sacred is there in every, you know, the burning bush in the Old Testament was a presence of God, but really every bush is aflame with the sacred, if we take off our shoes, like many pilgrims did when they were walking to holy places, if we get into that place of intention and, and higher consciousness, we'll, we'll see it and experience it. Well, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, like I said, I have a cold, everybody, and so um, please bear with me as my voice has been cracking, and I'm going to share with you the last, uh, we're going into part two now, I'll share with you a little bit more about our Mystical France programages coming up. Okay, so now we're going to move into part two of our presentation today. Uh, we were having some phone difficulties, so I apologize if anybody got knocked off of the call. 
but um, now I'm going to proceed with talking about the pilgrimages that Philip and I have developed for 2014 and uh, describe to you our upcoming mystical France retreats. The um, options that we've put together for this year we're very excited about. Uh, we took some of the best things that everybody loved from our 2012 Mystical France retreats and um, have kept all of those and included all of those and repackaged it and redesigned it in a way in which um, we feel is even better than the ones that we led back in 2012. Um, we're uh, also excited to be providing more options for people this year because we feel like the more options that people have for their pilgrimages so that it's more customized to the things that they're interested in, the better. So um, if you have not done so yet um, to tour around our mysticalfrance.com website, then uh, we invite you to do so. Um, I'm going to give you an overview today of the retreats and the options that you have. And I'm also going to give you a, a kind of a, a tour of the site, so to speak, uh, to help you navigate around because it's a, a very um, rich and full site of lots of different uh, information and things that's on there for you and um, also fun for people uh, to just even get, spend some time and, and look at some of the wonderful things such as the photo galleries and things that we've spent extra time this year um, putting up there. So um, I'm going to give you an overview of the options today, of what we're doing on the different pilgrimage options just an overview, and I'm going to give you kind of a basic tour of the website. Um, on each one of our conferences, we're going to not only have a different subject of discussion for each class, so to speak, each conference is like a class and a, a travelogue, um, so we'll have a different topic of discussion for each conference teaching, each class that we're doing in each conference, and then we'll have a different um, uh, angle of a vision of going more into depth, so to speak about um, the retreats and about the retreat options in each one of the upcoming teleconferences in the Mystical France series this, uh, over the next course of the next four months uh, that those conferences will be happening. So um, we won't be saying the same thing each time. There will be some stuff that we repeat and there will be some stuff that we don't. Um, and what I'll begin with first uh, is to tell you that there is the free teleconference page up on the mysticalfrance.com website. And we have some more wonderful uh, conferences coming up that will be um, on the subjects pertaining to things associated with the retreats, but like I said, they're going to be classes. Um, they're part one of each call will always be a class, and part two will be a travelogue um, of the retreats, and uh, we'll get into different things each time. The next upcoming teleconference is going to be on uh, Saturday, April the 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and I'm going to get much more. We're going to get much more into depth about angels and archangels and specifically the Angels of Paris um, and Mont Saint-Michel, the Archangel Michael and his special um, Mount of Saint Michael that is in Normandy, France. Uh, so we're going to get much more into depth and in detail about that. Um, and then you'll also see on the teleconference list of scheduled um, uh, several more teleconference coming up on the subject of Archangel Michael and Angels and Archangel Michael's historical connection to France as well as um, Mary Magdalene um, and Mary Magdalene's historical connection to France um, and spiritual um, insight into Mary Magdalene, the great goddess, the sacred feminine, um, energy vortexes, power places, uh, the sacred heart, mystics, 
Knights Templars, Cathars, um, all of those things. Um, uh, those things are all coming up in the series. So uh, all those are available for free registration. And like I said, they will have class information as well as the free travel log uh, at the end. So let me begin with a, just kind of a tour through the website here. Um, if you go to mysticalfrance.com, you'll see on our homepage we've given a really clear um, little synopsis of each one of the three um, retreats that we have coordinated for September and October of 2014, um, our Mystical France retreats. In September, um, there's the September 25th through the, I'm sorry, September 18th through the 25th, 2014, the Mystical France South. Um, This Mystical France South retreat is a eight-day, seven-night retreat in the Languedoc region of southern France, and it's uh, titled The Magdalene, The Grail, and you. Um, the Languedoc region of southern France, also known as Occitania, um, was once known long before it was France uh, as the ancient land of Gaul and is the land where Mary Magdalene went and spent um, the, the majority of the end of her life. Um, and there's all sorts of legends and stories and mysteries and um, just phenomenal uh, connections with Mary Magdalene, um, some of the other members of the uh, Holy Family, such as St. Anne, um, the Holy Grail, um, etc., etc., that are associated with this southern region of France, both the Provence area as well as the Languedoc area. The Languedoc is um, steeped in ancient history that precedes Mary Magdalene's history that's associated with the Divine Feminine, um, and there are many sacred sites uh, to the ancient Celts uh, throughout the Languedoc region that were associated with the Divine Feminine, and we'll be visiting some of those ancient sacred sites in addition to sacred sites associated with Mary Magdalene um, and associated with uh, the Holy Grail and the the Grail legends, etc. And in addition, we will um, be doing some um, spiritual program. Each each of our retreats has within it our spiritual program that we've designed for that particular retreat. Uh, We like to do dream work. Um, In the southern France, I'll be able to actually lead some gentle um, restorative yoga um, as a part of that. Uh, It's more of an energy-based yoga and rather than an exercise system. We'll be getting plenty of exercise through our, our hikes on um, each day. There's going to be excursions. Um, and it is also going to include the pilgrimage program, um, some hands of light healing, hands-on light healing, hands-on light healing, and um, some guided meditations, as well as a special uh, Magdalene vision journey that um, I have facilitated. It's uh, I've taken shamanic journeying techniques and, and, and and, and information that I've uh, received from um, the Gospel of the Beloved Companion, which is a complete Gospel of, uh, of, of Mary Magdalene, and um, put together a, uh, a combi- combination of things to create a Magdalene vision journey. Uh, I'll be explaining that more as time goes on in some of the future teleconferences, what that um, Magdalene vision journey is and, and what the um, Gospel of the Beloved Companion is that I've drawn it from, etc., etc. So um, that kind of gives you an overview, a synopsis. Uh, We'll be visiting also some amazing um, grail castles. Um, We'll be talking about uh, the the, 
the sect of people that um, knew, called themselves the Cathars. Um, the Cathars are very, very prominent in that region, especially in the high Middle Ages, and um, their connections to all these sacred ancient mysteries. We'll be exploring that, um, as well as visiting some amazing healing springs, which um, touched me very greatly, and I felt like I received back in our 2012 retreats, uh, I felt like I definitely uh, received healing from some of these uh, healing places, from some of these power places, and from the healing waters that we came into contact with. So um, that's the Southern France retreat, and it's called Mystical France South, the Magdalene, the Grail, and You, and it's September 18th through 25th, 2014, and we have the registration page up for it. Um, the regular price on that is $32.95, and it, right now, um, for the first couple of months here, we're actually having a sale price on it, a special early registration discount. Um, but it's only you know, going to be for the first couple of months of registration, and then the regular price resumes. Um, the sale price does take it down to $29.95, which we really, really worked hard on this uh, particular, these particular year's itineraries to um, you know, give everybody the, the best possible options that they would have. Um, so uh, go to the registration page, read more, and be looking in the next uh, couple of weeks, probably um, uh, I'd say no longer than two weeks, could be as early as a week from now, be looking for the new part of the site, which will be coming up soon, um, which will be the itinerary section of the site. It isn't posted quite yet. Instead, what we've done is put little basic itineraries up on the registration pages, um, which is enough for you to get the full gist of what's going on. But in order to get the complete day-by-day, um, as to where all the excursions are, which will include photos of those places, etc. That itinerary section is actually coming up soon. Um, so let me then go on and talk about what we call Retreat 2. Uh, so the Mystical South is Retreat 1, uh, we like to call it. And um, then Retreat 2 uh, is our um, Mystical France North. Um, so you can, what you can do with, with these options, let me just explain these options. Um, you can come to just one of these and one of them only. Just come for a week uh, in the south or come for a week in the north and that's it if you'd like. Um, in fact, that's what the package that I just mentioned and the pricing that I just mentioned is for. It's just for that week. Um, and uh, the other options that we've presented are some combination packages um, where you have the option to combine both of them, um, where you can combine the north and the south um, together or you can combine retreat one, two, and three, the north, the south, and the extended weekend that we're going to be doing in Paris. So there's the complete package, which is the combination of all three, and then there's the combo package, which is the combination of retreat one and retreat two. So let me just give you a little bit of information now about retreat two. Um, like I said, it is um, Mystical France North is the title of it, and it is um, going to be starting in Paris. Um, for this retreat, you'll fly into Paris, and um, you'll fly back out of Paris if you come for this retreat um, by itself. In the um, south, the airport is flying into Toulouse and flying out of Toulouse. Now, our packages, let me just be clear, none of the 
packages. None of the options that we present um, include airfare. So airfare is on your own, but it does include um, everything that will be li that's listed there on the registration forms. Um, it'll include in the south um, everything that's listed on the registration form for that, uh, which is pretty all-inclusive. The one in the south is very all-inclusive um, because of the uh, wonderful people that we're working with at Barinka Travel and Tours that are able to coordinate all of the meals and all of the ground transportation for us. Um, in the north, it's very inclusive. Um, we try to make it as inclusive as possible, but it's not as all-inclusive as it is in the south. Um, but in the north, we've included a lot, uh, including um, three nights, um, I'm sorry, uh, three nights in the beginning of the week. So the north retreat is the Angels of Paris and Soul Journey to Mont Saint-Michel, and it's eight days, seven nights in northern France. It starts in Paris, um, and um, once you fly in, you'll, you'll just meet us at the hotel. And once you've met us at the hotel, there'll be three nights um, that we'll be spending in Paris. And we'll be going to um, you know, world-famous places. Well, the very first place that we're going to be going to is um, we'll be going to um, see the Eiffel Tower, and we'll be having lunch there uh, at the Eiffel Tower. And that is um, an included lunch. Uh, that will be included. We'll be taking a boat tour down the Seine River, um, which is uh, just a wonderful way to see uh, these amazing parts of, of Paris that everybody hears about and everybody speaks about. Um, and we'll be taking that boat down to Notre Dame and uh, starting at a place called Zero Point. And again, I'll explain more of these things in some of the upcoming teleconferences. In fact, I believe it was the next one that is on the Angels of Paris and um, Soul Journey to Mont. St. Michelle. So I'll be going much more in depth about this later uh, in the next upcoming teleconference. Um, so what, then what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be looking for, um, well, well, well the, the teachings are going to be about the angels and um, the archangels and angelic healing and angelic communication, um, just learning more about the angels, the archangels, learning more about Archangel Michael and angelic communication. That's going to be part of the pilgrimage program teachings. Um, and then the outings are going to be to um, connect with these angels of Paris and these great works of art, uh, these amazing, phenomenal works of art. An angels are... Angels and angel statues and sculptures are everywhere throughout Paris, and we're, um, we're going to see the angels that are present in Notre Dame. Um, we're going to visit the very famous Fountain of St. Michael, which is uh, absolutely phenomenal, and um, see the angels in, in the Louvre, as well as other things, amazing things that we'll be seeing in the Louvre as well. But that is the theme, um, and uh, also La Madeleine, uh, which is a very, very special place um, associated with uh, Mary Magdalene, and uh, there's just so many angels present uh, in La Madeleine, and I'll be explaining why that is, um, and I'll be giving everybody more insight into that, uh, again, in the upcoming teleconference. So that's uh, the time that we're going to spend in Paris uh, for the Angels of Paris portion of the Northern Retreat. And then we'll be making the, um, the pilgrimage on Michael Mass on the day, which is the celebration day for Archangel Michael worldwide. Uh, we'll be making the pilgrimage to to the Mount of St. Michael uh, in Normandy, France, which is, which is called in French Mont Saint-Michel. 
and um, we'll be going there for three nights, and we'll be spending three nights on this magical island, and we'll tell you all about it in the next upcoming teleconference, so make sure you tune into that or listen to the recording of that. Um, so it's truly a light-activated place. Um, it is one of my, it has now become, since visiting there in 2012, I felt really drawn there, I felt really called there, and it's now become one of my favorite places on Earth. It's a place where Archangel Michael has appeared um, many times historically and appeared three times in 708 to um, St. Aubert and um, asked for a church to be built there in his honor. And we have to this day um, this magnificent, uh, what some people consider to be one of the wonders of the world, uh, abbey uh, and village, an ancient village built on this very powerful tidal island that's unique in and of itself. The island is uh, a unique power place in and of itself, and then you add these sacred and ancient structures that have been built there and all the pilgrimages that have happened there literally for over 1,200 years. There have been people of all ages, all backgrounds, um, millions and millions of people uh, that go have gone on pilgrimage there and that go on pilgrimage there still to this day regularly. as a pilgrimage site uh, for connecting with the divine and a pilgrimage site for connecting with the divine um, emissary, the divine messenger, uh, Archangel Michael. So um, very excited to be returning back to Mount St. Michelle. It's a calling that I have. Um, and again, I'm going to explain more of that in the upcoming teleconference. But the dates on the Northern France retreat are September 26th, through October 3rd, and the same thing applies. You can just sign up for the North Retreat only. So you could sign up for just the South, like I said, or just the North, and um, have this eight-day, seven-night pilgrimage with us in northern France, uh, of which um, almost all ground transportation is covered, all breakfast will be covered, the lodging is covered, the pilgrimage program is covered, um, the uh, excursions to all these places, admission fees, etc., is also covered, and that's explained on the registration form. And then um, the, the, that Northern France retreat will end with us returning back to Paris for one final night of just saying our farewells uh, in Paris. There will be one final night in Paris at the end of that Mystical France North uh, retreat that is included so that you're back in Paris uh, for your flight out. Or, uh, if you'd like, you could have the option to add uh, an optional extension in Paris and stay for our what we call Retreat 3, which Retreat 3 is really an extended weekend uh, retreat in Paris. Um, And that's October 3rd through the 6th. So it literally begins the same day the other one ends. Um, So those who will not be joining us for Retreat 3 will be flying out on October 3rd. And if you will be staying on, then you'll be staying on. Um, However, people can sign up for just Retreat 3 only. You can come for just the extended weekend only. Um, If you happen to live somewhere where it's easy for you to fly into Paris or uh, it just draws to your calls to you to just come for the weekend only. We've designed it to where it's an extended weekend of four days, three nights. It's Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, uh, October 3rd through the 6th, 2014. And um, it's called Mystical France, Journey into the Sacred Heart. Journey into the Sacred Heart. Uh, An extended weekend in Paris with a special pilgrimage to the Crown of Thorns. Um, Philip mentioned, 
mentioned earlier in the pilgrimage portion of the program uh, today about the tour, um, about the uh, St. Chapelle uh, being a place of pilgrimage in the Middle Ages uh, because of it being a reliquary. We're going to visit um, St. Chapelle, which was the former reliquary for the Crown of Thorns, and then we're going to go to Notre Dame for a different type of visit for Notre Dame. On the only day of the month, first Friday of every month is when they do this, on the only day of the month in which they uh, unveil and bring out the crown of thorns and bring it out for sacred ceremony. Uh, and they will, so they will bring out the, the crown of thorns um, and bring it out for uh, sacred ceremony. And this, of course, is a sacred relic from the Passion of Christ that Notre Dame holds as one of their most sacred possessions amongst other uh, sacred relics that they also have uh, in their care of the um, Passion of Christ and, and other great uh, po- powerful objects that are in uh, Notre Dame and that they're under their care. But this is a, um, a powerful, powerful um, sacred object and sacred place and uh, sacred ceremony. Uh, so we're very excited to be able to take a group this time. Last time, uh, we um, will tell the story when it comes time to tell the story for this one. Uh, we'll, we'll have a tell conference in which we'll be able to tell the story of our profound experiences that we had um, with the uh, crown of thorns and at Notre Dame uh, with this ceremony so uh, we will we will we'll tell that story at some point but just to know that that's included uh, going on this pilgrimage to Notre Dame for that special day at that special time um, is included in this extended journey into the Sacred Heart weekend um, as well as our pilgrimage program for helping you to really open your heart uh, and experience the full heart opening experiences that um, this weekend can provide. On day two, we'll be going deeper into our hearts and deeper into uh, the, 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 the journey with the Sacred Heart of Yeshua, the Sacred Heart of Christ, um, by going to Chartres Cathedral. Uh, Chartres Cathedral um, is uh, it's going to take a train ride, but we'll be going in and out of Paris that day. Uh, we'll be going um, by train. It's just a short little half hour, 40 minute train ride that we'll take down to Chartres and then we'll come back to Paris that evening. Um, and uh, this is the, also known as the Notre Dame of Chartres and this uh, cathedral is dedicated to the sacred feminine, to the divine feminine. And there are two very powerful black Madonnas that are present uh, in the Chartres Cathedral as well as the 11th Circuit Chartres Labyrinth um, which is a uh, world famous uh, for being a, um, a pilgrimage labyrinth, a labyrinth that uh, is walked as a pilgrimage and is uh, people make pilgrimage just to be able to go see it. Uh, we'll be making pilgrimage to go see it and we'll be making pilgrimage to these black Madonnas and to all that is present within the famous Chartres Cathedral um, that is associated with the Sacred Heart of Christ and, uh, in, the, in the connectedness to the Divine Feminine, um, the things that uh, are are, are dear to the heart of Christ um, are uh, through the through the divine feminine. Okay, so um, then on day three of that, uh, we'll be actually uh, in Paris that day. I'll be leading an inner journey. Uh, we'll be doing a morning workshop that morning at the hotel conference room on Sunday, and I'll be leading an inner journey into the Sacred Heart, and then we'll be traveling out for a day trip to Sacre Coeur, uh, which is in Paris. It's uh, in an area of Paris where it overlooks the city of Paris and, and, and has stunning views of the city of Paris. 
So it's going to be a great place to end that weekend and end all of our journeys. Um, and it'll be it's known as the, the it's it's known as the Basilica of the Sacred Heart of Paris. Sacre Coeur actually means Sacred Heart, the Basilica of the Sacred Heart of Paris. So again, we'll get more into detail about some of these places and some of the things that we'll be uh, seeing and experiencing at these places on all of our retreats. Everything that we do with the pilgrimage program is optional. Um, we have um, you know things like dream group uh, meditations, uh, ceremonies, uh, healing experiences, etc. That we uh, facilitate and we provide sometimes at the excursion sites, ceremonies, etc. Um, and sometimes uh, in in the hotels, in the conference rooms, wherever we can, really uh, where it feels appropriate, we uh, have included these things in. Um, but we have plenty of time. There's plenty of uh, uh, free time for 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 the for people to explore these places uh, on your own and uh, to really experience the places that we're going to go to, but not just as tourists, not to just go and take a picture and then, okay, next, on to the next thing, um, but to go and to experience them, to try to see them through um, that, the, that spiritual vision that I was talking about earlier, to open our spiritual senses and, and really connect uh, with these power places, uh, these power objects, um, these energy centers and energy ley lines, which we'll be describing to you, uh, that are uh, in in the, all these places of all these retreats, uh, have powerful uh, earth energy places, as well as powerful man-made um, built uh, places of, of pilgrimage. So, um, And that's what I, the main thing I wanted to share with you today, other than just to give you a little bit of a tour through the site. You'll find more information about us on the About Us page. Um, You'll find all the registration details, all the pricing, uh, the, the, the specials that we're running for the next couple of months on there. Um, the, uh, you'll find testimonials from some of our, our previous uh, pilgrimages. In fact, we're, we're going to be adding more testimonials as time goes on. Um, you'll find uh, facts and resources, especially right now. We've got some uh, information up on the facts and resources for the southern por- portion of France, and then we're going to put more up as time goes on and as the uh, weeks unfold here. There'll be more on the facts and resources page for the Northern France retreats. And um, then you'll have the contact us information where you'll have our phone numbers. Um, I'll just give that to you now, 808-775-9911 is our, um, co- our business contact line. And you can register by phone or call me at any time if you have any questions about any of these things. Okay. Um, and so um, then you'll have the um, free teleconference page where it lists the entire um, uh, schedule over the next four months of upcoming teleconferences. We're going to be doing two a month. And then there's the About Our Programs page, uh, which explains what I was just explaining uh, to you about the types of things that uh, are group activities that we put in there that are spiritual-based activities, meditations, um, intention work, dream work, that kind of thing. And it's all optional. Everything in our pilgrimage program, if you don't feel like doing it that morning or if you don't feel like you know, joining the group over in, you know, in one area where we've gathered to do our, um, maybe our prayer or our meditation – and you'd rather just, you know, go and be spend some time by yourself somewhere, uh, you know, in in the in in the Notre Dame or in the the Abbey or where, wherever we're going to be in the cave, wherever we're going to be. Um, that's fine. All that we ask is that you don't leave 
the don't leave the the, the the group without express permission to do so and I'll have um, I'll explain that to you uh, or um, if you are just going to wander off and spend time by yourself uh, just just don't wander too far where we won't be able to um, find you and it's time to move on to the next uh, thing so we, because we will be traveling together as a group and the travel that is in, included uh, includes everything um, uh, as far as the um, you know getting on the subway and going to a place or going to a train, uh, you know, that type of thing. The only ground transportation that's not included in any of our retreats is the ground transportation that is in the north from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel back to the airport. Everything else as far as ground transportation is included, but airfare is not included in any of our retreats, so just to make that clear. Okay, Um, I think I've gone over everything today, the overview that I wanted to cover, um, and again, this is mysticalfrance.com. This is Reverend Anna Jones, and um, I just uh, invite you to uh, please contact us. Let us know if you're interested. Uh, let us know if you have any questions, and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you in about two more weeks, and um, we'll be signing off now. Thank you. Bye-bye.